I want to talk about uh, the subject, tuning in. This is our third week of this sermon series, tuning in. Part of prayer is learning how to pray, and that's what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks. And part of it is tuning in and listening to God in prayer. My dad, growing up, this may be dating me a little bit, but he had a Caprice Classic. You know those old cars? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't know what this car is, you can Google it right now on your phone and you'll see it. It's an old car. It's super heavy. In fact, it looked like it was bending, you know, on on the front and back because it was just so built heavy, I guess. And uh, the car had this magical thing called the radio, and nothing was digital on it. Uh, One thing that was really important about this car was the fact that the radio had this little knob. You know what I'm talking about? And you couldn't dial in your radio station. You had to kind of turn the knob just right so that little red line gets to be where it's at. And if a radio station is 93.5, you're guessing. You just don't know. And so you go forward, oh, just missed it, go backwards, and you get it just in line, and you're like, praise God. In fact, I think for most people in the 80s and 90s, I think that was more important than the gas gauge, you know? It just was important. And I think in our prayer walk and journey with God, that's how important tuning into God is. It should mean that much to be where God is at, and you put that much effort into finding out the exact frequency in which God is speaking to us. Here's why. Prayer should be our first response. That's why. In every situation in our life, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. I don't know if you like me, You find yourself in in times of need, you find yourself really close to God, don't you? When you need something from God, you find yourself really close to God. Why? Because you are responding to Him. You are in His presence. You are right there, right where He can speak to you. Sometimes we have that Christmas list, I call it the Christmas list, where we take to God in prayer And you may show up on Monday through Thursdays, noon hour prayer time that we have here on Wednesday nights. By the way, our Wednesday nights have been incredible the last couple of weeks. In fact, this week, I felt like we turned into a Pentecostal church. Praise God. Uh, It was amazing. Uh, But we we come into the presence of God, and we have this posture, and there's nothing wrong with this because I do this too. And we tell God what we need, and we talked about the Lord's Prayer and coming to Him with thanksgiving, but we still can't wait to give Him thanks and then get to the need. You know, we talked about giving thanks, surrender to God, and then presenting your need. But God wants to speak to us in prayer. In fact, in my own life, this is where God has changed me the most. When I decide to listen to Him in prayer. Do you know sometimes you can be praying and not saying any words? And God can do the deepest work in your life if you allow Him when you are listening to Him. John chapter 10, 3 to 5 says this, The gatekeeper opens the gate for Him. Jesus is talking to a group of Pharisees. And the sheep listen to His voice. He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead and his sheep follow him because what? They know his voice. See, a lot of us are looking for direction and wisdom from the Lord. What is the will of God for your life? Do you know that you can find the will of God in your life in prayer by listening to Jesus? Why? Because the sheep know his voice. See, the opposite is true, too. What happens if you have too many voices in your life? Are you following Jesus or somebody else? Are you following a pastor or Jesus? Are you following a denomination or Jesus? 
Are you following being famous or Jesus? Because this says his sheep, Jesus' sheep, will follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. You know, sheep are pretty smart animals. I don't know if you go to a local farm, they can actually, sheep can actually uh, remember close to 50 names or voices. 50, not 51, 50. I think it's so true in our lives, in my life, I have to be careful whose voice I'm listening to. And in prayer, even more. How do you know whose voice you're listening to? Because when they don't talk to you, it matters to you. When you don't speak to somebody in a couple weeks, it matters to you. When you don't know when someone is saying something about you, it kind of bothers you. I wonder what my coworker is saying. Those voices are real in our life. But it should matter how God is speaking to us the most. This is why. So in verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them, as always. So Jesus said again, I am telling you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All others who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. He was talking to the Jewish people. He's talking to Israel right now. I am the gate. Those who come in by me will be saved. They will come in and go out and, or, and, and, and find pasture. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come in order that you might have life and life in all its fullness. See, it's funny. Sometimes when we get into prayer, we're always in this posture of prayer. And I feel like during this series, I've been kind of in this mode of being a myth buster about prayer. Prayer is not boring. Prayer is not something that's not effective. Prayer is something when we're talking to our creator, our master and friend, that he's got something for us, and that's life to its fullest. So why would we not want to pray? Why would we not want to listen to God? Why would we not want to spend time with someone who's got life in store for us? I think... There's a number of things that I believe that get in the way of our prayer life. One of them is life is too busy. Number one, distractions that keep us from tuning into what God is saying. Distractions that keep us from tuning into what God is saying. Busyness. Luke 10, 39-40 says this, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. How many times in life do we ask Jesus to come and help us with the busyness of life? Jesus, I got to do groceries. Jesus, I got to go to work. Jesus, I got to take care of kids. My goodness, Jesus, I just moved into my new home. Can you give me some time out in the prayer department? Can you take it easy on me? But the truth is this, the busyness of life can get in the way of what God is speaking to us today. And it can be so much so that you actually have good reasons as to why we should be busy. You have good reasons. But the Lord's saying to us today that we are to listen in to who he is and what he is saying. Psalm 46, 10 says this, be still and know that I am God. Notice that he said, be still. He didn't say be quiet. He said, be still and know that I am God. We've got to learn in our culture that we've got to be still. Because what happens when you're still? 
you become quiet. You begin to hear what God is saying. You begin to look forward to that moment in time. See, God can fill the margin of our life. Do you have any? Do you have any? Now, I'm going somewhere. Some of you guys are like, Pastor, this is the longest introduction ever. I am going somewhere. Hang in there with me, okay? Hang in there with me. If we allow him to speak into our life in the space that we've assigned for him, he can do incredible things. If we go ahead and remain busy, there's going to be things and places and people that take up our time. It's just logical. We have to make time for God. The second is this, competing voices. Last week, I talked to you about Luke chapter 14, where the master sends out the servant, and the servant actually goes out and sends invites to three people. One of them just got married, a new, newlywed couple, and they're like, well, I can't make it to the banquet because I just got married. Pretty good reason, right? The next one says, hey, I just bought some land. I've got to go inspect it. Pretty good reason, right? The third one says, hey, I just bought some some oxen. I'm a business person. I've got some things to take care of. And they all had real legitimate excuses. And guess what happened? The servant went back and told the master, and the master said, go ahead and invite others. How many times in our prayer walk and journey with God do we get to a place where the competing voices in our life, sometimes it's even our own families, can grip our time and grip our lives so much so that the voice of God is drowned out completely? You don't even know the will of God for your life because you're waiting to hear from someone else. And you don't hear from Jesus. Number three is an unprepared heart. An unprepared heart. Matthew 13, 19 says, When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface. And so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of the person's heart. This is the story of the sower. Guys, remember that? The ground that was hard. So many times we hear a word, maybe from God in our devotions, in our personal lives, at church, maybe on a Wednesday night, maybe during the day you hear from God, and you don't allow it to simmer, and you don't allow it to get into your heart. And guess what happens? By Tuesday, the enemy's already got it out, and you're wondering, why am I still going to church? Why am I still praying? Is it because your heart isn't prepared? Could it be? That every time we hear from the Lord, our heart is so hardened and we are not allowing it to penetrate our heart that the enemy just comes and steals it and it's gone. 2 Corinthians 7 1 says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. What is that promise? you got to work it out. How many of you guys have received promises from God before? You've received them. Do you remember what it is? Do you remember that God wants to see it through? Have you got a now word today? Have you heard from Jesus today before you even came to church? Or are you waiting for it to hear him in the altar time here in about 20, 25 minutes? Do you know that you have access to... God, and it's up to you. Brian, I want you to go back to verse 11 on John chapter 10. It says this, Jesus talking to the Pharisees, he says this, I am the good shepherd who is willing to die for the sheep. When the hired man who is not a shepherd and does not own the sheep sees a wolf coming, he leaves the sheep and runs away. So the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. The hired man runs away because he's only a hired man and does not care about the sheep. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. He's willing to be the good shepherd for us today. 
as the Father knows me and I know the Father in the same way I know my sheep and they know me. And I am willing to die for them. This is before he was crucified. It was just signifying that he's going to do this. There are other sheep too which belong to me that are not in the sheep pen. He's talking about the Gentiles because he was talking to the Israelites and the Jewish people and now he's talking about the Gentiles. I must bring them too. They will listen to my voice and they will become what? One flock with one shepherd. God is wanting to speak to us today. Will you allow him to speak to you? Would you be still and listen and know that he is God? See, if I went ahead and... to be so close to God that even the whisper from God, we can hear him. We've got to spend time with God enough to know him that we know when he's whispering because he's not always yelling. He may be whispering to you. You may not have time during your work hours to pray. Some of you guys think praying means 24-7, being in the altar of the church, getting some oil, anointing yourself, throwing ashes in the air, opening up the word of God, and reading it and narrating it like you're supposed to, some kind of weird ritual. That's not it. What it is is being in the presence of God at all times, to know his will. So you may be in your office cubicle and wondering about something, and the Holy Spirit might whisper to you, are you in tune? This is what the Word of God says when it says, pray without ceasing. It's a place that you live in that you can hear the whisper because of proximity, and you can hear when he's loud. Some of us, we know. Your pastor knows. Sometimes God has to get real loud with me. Because until he gets loud, sometimes I'm just, I don't know, God. And maybe some other options is better, like I know better. God knows best, so why don't we trust him and listen to what he's saying? Psalm 139 says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. See, the thing is, he's not someone that wants to break your privacy. He wants to know your heart. Searching comes from his desire to know your heart. David was saying, search my heart, O God, not because he's saying, hey, I just want to be wide open. That's great. But he wanted to know God and the will of God for his life. He says, try me, David, screaming out. And know my thoughts and see if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God cannot lead you without you being in his presence. God cannot speak to you without him knowing your heart. He won't force himself on you. The Holy Spirit ain't going to show up into your life one morning and write on your mirror with using your lipstick. It ain't happening. You have to spend time listening to the will of God for your life. So if you're here today and you lack direction and you want to know wisdom from heaven, are you listening to God? 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel, I love Samuel, the prophet Samuel. I feel like he's kind of an average Joe. He really is just a normal person trying to do what most of us are trying to do, and just to be more like Jesus, trying to figure it out, trying to go to church, pay our tithes, pay our taxes, have a good family. He's just trying to be 
close to God. And the Bible says this, the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel and said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. What was happening was Samuel was sleeping next to the ark of God. Back then, that's the only place where the presence of God was. That's the only place you could be uh, feeling the presence of God was near the ark. He was just resting there. The Lord speaks to him and says, here I am. And Samuel gets up and thinks Eli's calling him. So check out Eli's response. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. If you are a young family, a young parent in here, you are used to this. Get back to bed. Get back to bed. Aria, go back to bed. It doesn't matter that people are over. Go to bed. So Samuel, he went and laid down, and again the Lord called and said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. (laughs) My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not know yet the Lord. He was someone who did not know God personally. He had been around the things of God. Think about that. He was around the presence of God, the ark, and he did not know God yet. How many of us can be around church and you don't know God? You can be around the presence of God and you have no clue who God is. You may know how to do church well, but you may not know God yet. If you're here today and you're in that place where you don't sense freedom, you don't sense liberty, you don't sense love, and your life is a mess, and the fruit of your walk with God is non-existent, the truth is you would never want me to know who you are during the week, because if I did, you would be scared, because I'd probably think something. But it's okay. Samuel was in the same spot. And it was good because he was trying to be more like God by just being around the things of God. You know, some of us have life-transforming events. Maybe you were an addict, and the day you gave your heart to Jesus, everything changed. Some of us, it takes a while. You've got to hang around a little bit you got to wait to hear from the Lord in the right atmosphere, in the right environment, with the right people. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And verse 8 says this, A third time the Lord called Samuel... And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said again, oh my goodness, definitely discipline coming in my house. If a third time, (laughs) then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Are you surrounded by the right people? Are you surrounded by the people that are going to recognize when God is actually trying to speak to you? Are you surrounded by the people that are going to speak words of life and not get annoyed at you every time you come and say, hey, did you call me? Did you call me? Hey, man, you're listening to stuff. No, God ain't speaking to you. You crazy. He ain't asking you to leave your job and go into the mission field. He ain't asking you to leave and go to a different state. He ain't asking you to go and ask for forgiveness from somebody. He ain't asking you to go ahead and buy someone's grocery. He ain't asking you to do that. That's too extreme. That's for the crazy Christians. Do you have more of those voices? Or do you have the people that are like, you know what? I I think God, he's saying something to you. I think he's speaking to you. 
Sometimes you need others in your life who are in tune with what God has, not only for their life, but for yours too. Do you have people interceding on your behalf? Some of you are like, well, my grandma is, and I'm pretty sure she wants me to be saved. (laughs) And it's working. I am here in church. We need people that speak life into our life. We don't need people to speak death over our lives. If 99% of the people that you work with, live with, talk with, all gossip, guess what you're going to do? If they all go party 2 a.m. Saturday night, getting jiggy with it, guess what you're going to do? You can fake it on Sunday morning. You can come in to the late service, start at 11, but you show up 11.45 in style, with glasses on, ready to go. But God sees our heart. He knows and he longs to listen to you. Would you meet him right where you're at? So verse 9, check this out. So Eli told Samuel... Go and lie down, and if he calls you, as in God calls you, say this. I like this guy. Not only did he say, hey, I think God's trying to speak to you, he actually prophetically spoke to say, hey, man, you don't even ruin this moment. You don't know what you're doing. Say this. He says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. This is why I love hanging out with people twice my age. It's so good. I don't have to go through life making the same mistakes that anybody did. Hey, how do I need to talk to God? Hey, what do I need to do this? How do you have, Frank, 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 how do you have a marriage for 54 years? Tell me. I'm coming up on 10. 54. How did you do it? 57. Amen. I can walk up to people, and they can speak into my life, and they can even tell me what I need to say. I don't even have to think. So Samuel went, and he, he laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there. Whoa. So already... God knew that something was different, that Samuel had accepted something into his soul, his spirit, his heart, and he was prepared to say something he was told to say, calling as at other times. He said, Samuel, Samuel. He said it twice. Then Samuel said it this way, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, after he responded with what somebody else said, the Lord spoke to Samuel and said this, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. God wants to use your average listening skills, and he can give you plans and purposes for an entire nation if you will align your heart and life to be in a posture that's going to be in listening to him. One of the things I realize in my life, every time I get into a moment where God's speaking, your pastor is a pretty logical, rational guy. I really am. And I always like to question God. I don't know why. I've never learned my lesson. I just like to ask, why? I don't know if you're like me. But why, God? Why are you asking this? So a lot of my prayer time, I'll spend time listening to God. And he'll drop something in my life. And he continually tells me this. You cannot change the spiritual principles that are part of the law of how God works. No matter what your personality type is, no matter what your preference is, if you like 68 on thermostat or 75, 
It's the same when it comes to listening to God. And here's the three principles I want to share with you today. The first is this, God's presence directs us. God's presence, it directs us. Verse 3, it says, the lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. See, so many times in our life when we are confused and we don't know what to do next, guess where we need to be? We need to be in the presence of God because his presence directs us. See, Samuel didn't know how to pray. Samuel didn't even know a lot about God. But guess what he did? He slept near the presence of God. Where in our homes, where in our work, where in our our daily life is the presence of God? Have you set a place, a time for the presence of God to meet with you? It should mean this much. Genesis 3, 8 says this. They, Adam and Eve, heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Why? Because they were ashamed. See, we can be ashamed to go into the presence of God. The enemy uses that very thing like he did with Adam and Eve to keep you away from the direction that God has for your life. When you've done something and you're ashamed of it and you feel like you've sinned, the first place you got to go to is where? If you need direction and you're out of the will of God, the first place you've got to go to is where? The presence of God, because the presence of God, even if you don't know anything in the Bible, it will direct you. All you got to do is hang out around you. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go ahead and, and come and move into the church and bring a sleeping bag and, you know, and, and be here 24-7. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying, are there places and spaces in your life that is assigned to the presence of God? This week, I spent time again in prayer during our 21-day fasting and prayer. So Monday through Thursday, noontime, so many of you guys have joined us to be part of the prayer. I think it's over 125 hours of prayer combined that we've all done over this last two weeks. You know, God's been so good. And I really believe nothing significant happens spiritually without prayer. It just doesn't. So I was praying and I was coming. I pulled in the parking lot and I forgot my key. I just forgot my key. I, I don't know what happened. And so Rosalind was here, and James, uh, they both they sometimes attend here, but they attend the Orange Campus. And they showed up for prayer, and there was others too. I came later, but uh, we just decided to have an outdoor prayer service right in the front entrance, okay? Rosalind just opened her trunk out, pulled a couple of lawn chairs, <laughs> We're just sitting out there, and people are driving by thinking, like, what is going on, right? And to make matters worse, uh, I decided to do, like, a prayer walk around the church. It's funny that Audrey mentioned that during the prayer time, the walk around Jericho, because when I was walking around the church, I was like, God, I'm, this is not what I'm praying for. I'm not praying that the walls crumble of the church. <laughs> that is not my prayer. But he told me to keep going around the building going around the building. I came around the first lap to the back door, and the Lord said, you know, you got a key. And so I said, oh, I got the key to the back door, so I'll just go through the back door. I broke into the church. The alarm went off. I ran to the front, turned the alarm off. It's still beeping. And I opened the door and said, hey, we're going to pray inside. And as I did that, the Holy Spirit said, I didn't ask you to come inside. And I'm like, Okay. This is strange, but I will listen. So people were coming inside and praying a little bit, and I'm still walking. One of my prayer requests was that the Lord would unite all those that have been here for 10 years or longer to those that have just come in over the last three years. And I was, I've been praying over this and kind of seeking the Lord and interceding and getting in there. And I know some of you guys are like, well, I'll add it to my prayer list too. You know, hang in there. 
you know, before you do that, because God, God was really speaking to me. And so I got to the back of the church, right around there. And in the back of our church, some of you guys may not know this, but there's like land that we own, and there's lots of trees, okay? And I'm, I'm trying to just be in, in step with God. I got these shoes on, walking in the grass. My feet are starting to hurt. I said, God, what are you, what are you saying to me? I just, I just want to be in your presence. And I just sat, stood against the wall in his presence outside, and the Lord said, open your eyes. And I opened my eyes. I thought there may be a person there, like I'm about to get hurt, you know. He just opened your eyes. I want you to look at that tree, and that tree, and that tree, and that tree, and that tree. And some of these trees are big trees back there. They've been there for a long time. Some of you guys maybe been around this area for a while. I mean, they've been there for a long time. And some of them are newer. And the Lord told me, I want you to get everybody in our church who's been attending for over 10 years to be a covering for those that have just come in the last few years. This is your job description if you've attended for longer than 10 years. That you are supposed to be like shade the larger trees because you've been here so long to the younger ones, maybe it's age or maybe you've just been coming for the last few years so that we can have healthy growth. Yes, if you've been here for the last 24 years, you've seen a lot. My goodness, if you've been here for the last five years, you've seen a lot and felt a lot. But the truth is, God has a plan, and you get to be part of it. And in the presence of God, I told the Lord, man, that is so wise. (laughs) Because really, if I wasn't in the presence of God, what would my idea be? Well, if I'm in my office, I'm just going to sit in there planning and prepare. I'm going to have a potluck. I'll bring all those that have been here for longer than 10 years into the same potluck, and I'll bring everybody that's been here to the last three years, and we'll all just eat food, and we'll just share testimonies, and somehow, miraculously, God's going to do something. But that's not what God wanted to do. That was my idea. That wasn't what God was saying. See, in the presence of God, what we end up doing is we go to where God is. We don't ask him to come bless what we're doing. That's why the presence of God is so important, because in the presence of God, he can direct you, not only for our church, but my own life and your own life and your family and everything to do with who you are. Will you get into the presence of God? The second is this, God's people help us flourish. God's people help us flourish. Verse 9 says this, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say this, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there. You know what's funny about this? A lot of times, even in church, we pick the wrong people. So many times as a pastor, I've seen this happen. Of all the people that you can pick to share your life with and to ask advice from, you picked that person. Why? Have you seen their Facebook account? Of course stuff is going to get out there. Of course they're going to gossip. And so what do we do? We go pick the wrong person, and then we say, church people are hypocrites. They're not all hypocrites, just that one person. There's 99 other great people, and you had to pick the one person. We've got to pick the right people, because God's people can help us flourish. God's house can help us flourish, but you have to pick the right people. Is it that simple, Pastor? Yes. So who do I pick? Look at the fruit of their life. Don't be just going and telling everybody, I'd like for you to mentor me. First of all, that's awkward. Secondly, how do you know them? Could you see them on a Sunday morning? Get into their lives before you ask them to speak into your life. See, Samuel didn't know anything 
But he knew this one thing, I'm going to go to Papa Eli. I'm going to go to someone that I trust. I'm sure there was other people around, but why Eli? Because he knew that Eli knew God. Psalm 92, verse 11 says this, My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, strong, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Notice that it said that the righteous people will flourish in the courts. See, this is why I believe if you are in line with God, no matter where you're at in life, you will flourish. You will bloom where you're planted, not because of the environment, but because of who and what you carry. God's people will help us flourish. The third is this, God's word guides us. It guides us. I love the Lord finally tells Samuel after he got his attention, he says, the see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. One person heard for an entire nation and he wasn't qualified. It didn't say the ears of some. It said the ears of everyone. I think God wants to use us as a church. And he will. Praise God, he's already doing incredible things. But if we have a great service on Sunday morning and our lives are a mess, it is a detriment to the name of Jesus here. Samuel, even though he didn't know it all, I love this picture. He approached God and said, yes. That's what God's asking you to do in prayer. When he asks you to do something or go somewhere and he's speaking to you, all you got to say is, in the South, they say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Don't get it twisted. Right? We've got to learn to say yes to God. We say yes to so many of the wrong things. We've got to say yes to God. David in Psalm 119, he says this, Your word is a lamp, a lamp for my feet. I'm not taking another step without the lamp for my feet. A light on my path. Some of you guys are like, what's a lamp? It's a flashlight. Would you go into a dark forest without a flashlight? That's how important the word from the Lord should be in our lives. Psalm 119, 147 says, I rise before dawn and I cry for help. I cry for help. Why is David crying in the morning? Is he like an emotional person or what? No. He cries for help because he has put his hope in God's word. Every morning I wake up, I'm starting to tell the Lord, everything that I have is yours. My family, my wife, my finances, the breath that I breathe, everything that I have is yours. Help me to be in step with you. Jesus, I'm listening to you. Some of us want miracles in our lives. It starts with listening to God. This morning when you came to church, did you spend some time with Jesus? Tomorrow morning before you get to work, did you spend some time with Jesus? Tuesday morning when you're wondering why you're working so hard, and they're underpaying you, and you're short staff, and everything's wrong. Did you spend some time listening to Jesus? Wednesday, when you're ready to quit, it's the middle of the week, and you're ready to break down and yell at everybody. 
Did you listen to Jesus? Thursday, when you're ready for payday on Friday, and you're kind of feeling better about suffering through your week, did you listen to Jesus? Friday, when all of a sudden you're happy because the weekend's here, and you don't need to think about work anymore, did you listen to Jesus? Saturday morning, when you wake up in the morning and you realize now you got to do all the stuff at home and you go through the entire cycle again, did you listen to Jesus? So I want you to close your eyes and every head bowed. And I want us to take a few minutes this morning and I want us to listen to Jesus and what he is saying. Word of God says, be still. Some of us, it is to be quiet. Some of us are way too loud. You just need to be quiet. But be still and know that he is God. Spirit, I thank you for your presence here. Jesus, I thank you for your direction and who you are and what you've done for us. I pray that as our posture changes, as we seek your presence, that you would begin to speak to us. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Test us, God, and know our thoughts. God, before you do anything for us, help us to be in line with who you are. Lead us, I pray. If you're here today and you're far from God, maybe you made a commitment to God a long time ago and you've really kind of fallen away from that decision. I want to ask you a question. Is that question is this? Would you allow God back into your life today? He's real. He can change you. He can speak to you. He can provide for you every need, not just physical, but more importantly, everything else. Would you say yes to God again? Maybe you're here and it's your first time in church and you kind of sense something and you just don't know what that is and it's really not the music, it's not words, it's the presence of God. And if you would allow him to come into your life, he can change you, give you a purpose and help you make a difference. Would you allow him to come into your heart today? So if that's you today, I just want you to pray in your own words. Just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my decision making. I believe the work of the cross. Help me to be more like you, Jesus. Just in your own words. You don't have to know how to speak the Christian language. You can just open your heart and say, God, I need
those that are here today and you've known God for a long time and you've spent time with Him. And uh, this message is for you today. I just want you to know something. God is not looking at you with judgment. He's not looking at you as someone who does not perform well. He's trying to get your attention. He's asking you to put away the busyness and create margin in your life. He's asking you to get rid of the competing voices. He's asking you to come into his presence with a prepared heart, a heart that's ready to listen to all that he is saying. So I want you to take your agenda of what you think needs to happen if you're a follower of Jesus here today. And I want you to just put it aside for a second. And I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm I'm putting my agenda aside. I want to know what your agenda is. I want to know what you're already blessing. I want to be where you're already at. Thank you, Jesus, that your peace passes all understanding. Thank you that you are with your people. You are with us. Thank you, God, for your presence here today. Thank you that you're faithful. Thank you that when we don't make the cut, that you still have mercies that are new every day. Thank you that you have a word for us right now. Thank you that the best days are ahead, not behind. So God, I speak new, fresh wind into my brothers and sisters in their relationship with you, God. Not to be focused on the gifts that you bring, but God, that your presence will continue to direct us. That you will bring the right people and you would show us the right people that do need to mentor us, that you would show us that your word, it guides us, it leads us to where we need to be. Come on, if you need to right now, I just want to encourage you, if you need to, I just want you to stand up and just worship God, if you need to. If you need to, just stand up and worship God, you can do so. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just worship in your own words. No one's singing. Just worship in your own words. Allow him to keep speaking to you. Jesus, continue to speak to us. Continue to lead us. We thank you for all that you're doing. God, as we go into this weekend and we enjoy what you're doing in our lives, God. We thank you, God, for all the abundance you've given us. Thank you for the friends and the family and the great city in which we live in. We thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts and lives. It's in Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Hey, we're going to continue.